And if there's anything that should unite us as a country and as law enforcement agencies throughout this country and throughout the world, it would be to stop the abuse of children, human trafficking and sexual exploitation of children. And yes, we, we've got to clean this up locally and then spread from there. This will not remain peaceful. And I am not advocating violence, nor have I ever, but I am predicting just as you have done. We agree on that totally. I don't believe there's any way that this holy cause of liberty will remain peaceful if we don't get local authorities to erect the barriers against the tyranny that is destroying America. Before we get into this show, I want to share with you the Z-Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Corsetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Sheriff Richard Mack coming back to the program. And we are going to talk about what it'll take to keep this country from having a violent civil war. And I, I really believe that we could be heading in that direction if there is not a stand by people in all the local areas. I think it's the, the local sheriffs and the people locally in each city and each area that can keep this from happening. And we talk about what this will take. I don't want violence. I don't want my kids to have violence. None of us, nobody with who's not insane wants violence. We know we're dealing with people who are insane. That's the problem. But we just don't want this amount of death. He also talks about child protective services because he had this amazing situation with them. And he's going to tell you, he actually worked with them, even trained people within child protective services. But then he had his own incident and he, he just tells it like it is. He's such a great guy. We all know, and I've covered it a lot, that child protective services is really corrupt and have some major, major issues. We dive right into it. I think this is um, a show where... People get to hear a lot of the truth on what's going on in these agencies. But before we get into that, I know you see I'm always playing the ads for C60 and for the Z-Stack. And I can't stress enough how important it is to keep from getting sick this year, especially if you've been vaccinated. And these two products, the C60, Carbon 60, which deals with inflammation, and it'll help reverse issues. It'll help your body heal. And then the black seed oil will also has been shown in studies to help heal the capillary damage that is happening in your body, maybe from the spike proteins. I mean, I, everything is up in there. There isn't enough research to figure out what will actually reverse this vaccine. But this gives you a shot for your body to heal. And then also the Z-Stack with quercetin being the driver of the zinc into the cell so, so important that you do these products and you get these into your body. You don't necessarily have to do the ones that I'm promoting, but I just feel so strongly in the quality of what I'm, I'm bringing you. Also, 
you need a really good greens to get your fruits and vegetables, especially your vegetable your vegetables to keep your immunity high. So I will have links to those and um it's just an, an important mix. I take these every day. This is what I recommend. So if you get an opportunity to share this with others who probably have remorse from taking the vaccine, please don't hesitate to share these links with others. Maybe you can just save a life. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do as as good as I can. So anyways, let's get into this wonderful conversation with Sheriff Richard Mack. Hi, Sheriff Mack. How are you? And thank you so much for rejoining the program. Well, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back with you. And I, I definitely consider you a staunch uh, supporter of the CSPOA and a good friend of mine. And uh, I thank you for all of that. Well, you know, you guys are doing such great work. We need you so bad. We raised some money last year, and I hope we can do the same for you this year as far as getting you money that you desperately need to, I mean, because you you have to do this work to help save our country. And it's sad that, it, you know, a big chunk of our tax money doesn't go to you, but you don't get that. And so we have to raise money to help you go. And I, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the work that you're doing because it's so critical. There are a few counties in Arizona that where the sheriff has said that they will vow to uphold the constitution. What does that mean? And what did those count, those county sheriffs do? Well, um, you would be referring to Pinal County, Sheriff Lamb, and Yavapai County, Sheriff Rhodes. And um, one that I'm kind of wondering about, he keeps teetering uh, on the fence, is Mojave County Sheriff Schuster. He was on Fox News how he was going to really be strong and support the Constitution. Uh, but recently, uh, he was at a meeting with some uh, patriot groups in his county and uh, quite a large crowd, about 600 people. And he was uh, asked some very uh, pointed questions uh, in a question and answer uh, session. Uh, and he said, uh, and he's written them a letter since then. And he has said in no uncertain terms that he will follow the law and that he uh, will enforce uh, case law and act according to the training that he has received in the last 31 years. And, and that's been a source of contention for me in, in the work that I do. Uh, the work that we do <clears throat> is I consider what I do is kind of a Paul Revere thing. I go across the country uh, waking people up and hope, hopefully get them to training on this very key issue, because this is the question. When my training and when Supreme Court cases, and, and that's another part, problem with the training, is they call Supreme Court cases case law. Yeah. Well, they're not law because the judicial branch cannot make law. It's very clear in Article One, Section One of the US Constitution that only the legislative branch in the United States can make law. It says all legislative power is vested in a Congress. All legislative authority, that means the president who is the executive branch has no legislative authority. It also means that the judicial branch has no legislative authority. So then, what, what, what does the judicial branch establish? They establish whatever any other court case establishes. They establish precedent that can sometimes be used in other court, court cases. But as you can see in many of the court cases that go before the Supreme Court, they choose to ignore some uh, previous cases and choose to follow others. And that is also their prerogative. It does not establish law. And, and so I'm really disappointed in sheriffs like uh, Sheriff Schuster and others who keep vacillating on the oath of office in the constitution and what do we do? 
let me tell all of you and all of your listeners and supporters without any hesitation, without any equivocation, this is definitely very clear. The principles of liberty upon which America was founded come first. The Bill of Rights comes first. These principles of liberty supersede any other man-made law. They supersede any statute promulgated by the United States Congress or by any local legislative body in the states, cities, or counties. These principles are supreme. Nothing supersedes them except God's will and God's law. And luckily, and fortuitously is a better word than lucky because it wasn't luck, it was designed that the Bill of Rights and the Constitution were designed to protect our God-given rights, that which God blessed us with when we were born uh, here and when we were born, period. Our innate, natural, human, civil rights come first. And so this is the question. If the legislative branch passes a pretend law or a pre, uh, as the founding fathers called this, this is not my uh, doctrine. This is right out of the Declaration of Independence. One of the 27 reasons why we fought the Revolutionary War as declared by our founders in 1776. It caught, one of the 27 reasons why we went to war and we declared our independence was the pretended legislation from the Great Britain uh, Parliament and King George III, that when they violated principles of liberty, it was determined that, that, such, that such legislation was not a law, but pretended legislation. So when our Congress does the same today, with pretended legislation, and when self-appointed dictators say that they can tell you to shut down your business, shut down your churches, wear a diaper on your face, and, and determine how you will have Thanksgiving dinner, or the, how you will peacefully assemble within your own family, within your own home, and that you're subject to arrest if you don't take a vaccination, or that your liberty will be drastically constrained if you don't take uh, an untested, unproven, uh, and very controversial vaccination. Uh, and it, I was watching Sher uh, Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny this morning on an interview, she, I think she did yesterday, where she was telling everybody what's really in this vaccination and why you should be extremely careful uh, to not take it uh, or to consider not taking it. And, and uh, the whole thing behind this worldwide push where you now have churches and media and governments and politicians and even President Trump uh, touting the efficacy of getting a vaccination. Uh, and I think this was the first time this ever happened to Trump. Just a few days ago, he was having a big rally in Alabama and he told people there to get the vaccination and they booed him. Good I think for them. The that's good. I know. Absolutely good for them. What did he do? Uh, he just kind of stammered and stuff, you know, and, and did his, you know, but uh, I think, I hope he got the message. I hope so. That, that this is still um, uh, America and we're, we are supposed to be promoting individual choice here. And, and I, I will give Trump credit. Because when he was president, he said these are guidelines. He didn't force anybody. Yeah, yep. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, the FDA uh, is uh, over the, obviously, the aviation in this country. Uh, and the airlines are just absolutely out of control. Oh, uh, absolutely. And they, uh, I, I, have, you, have you flown within the last few months? Mm -hmm. I am not going to fly while yeah, this is all saying, happening. I'm still flying. I'm still flying. And it is such an offense. It is such brainwashing when you get on a plane 
telling you that the law, the law of the land is that you must wear a mask over your nose and mouth. Yeah, they're uh, ignorant. They're, they're saying course. the wrong information and they're saying it as if it's fact. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's a lie. It's a lie. And, and so I made the mistake of correcting one of the flight attendants. Oh, that, what uh, happened? Tried to convince me that I should put my mask over my nose because it's the law. And so I told her, it's not a law. She goes, well, it's a mandate. And that's the same thing. <laughs> and then what did you said, say? I said, a mandate is something, is an order from a self-appointed dictator. That's a mandate. A mandate is an order from a, a dictator. I said, a law is passed by a legislative uh, body that was elected by foreign of the people. And uh, boy, she really got mad. And so I'm going to tell you right now, uh, so she didn't put me on the blackball list, so I couldn't fly anymore. I went back and I I actually apologized to her. I didn't apologize to her for what I said. And I, in fact, I even told her that. I said, I, I apologize for getting mad at you because I, I was pretty upset. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't yelling or anything, but I, I did sure. show some anger. But uh, I did, you know, right now I'm going to keep flying because with their own rules, you can keep the mask off most of the time. And I have to ask people, even when you go through, even when you go through uh, security and they tell you to take off your mask uh, and it's just for a couple of seconds so they can identify you. Uh, aren't I inflicting germs on it's everybody stupid. around me at that time? It, it's this whole thing is stupid. There, oh, it it's is. it you can, we don't even need to talk about the mask. I think the science on that has really demonstrated the stupidity of the mass. You oh, know, it cool. does stop other bacteria and other things, but does not it, stop it, it the coronavirus. Your, it does stop your mucus or, or saliva from- It does stop uh, some stuff. When you sneeze yeah. or cough, it stops that, but it does not stop germs. Some dust it and does some stop, pollen. Yeah, does not stop No, it, yeah. it's BS. So, uh, but I think it's been pretty established now. And so anybody, who is intellectually honest <laughs> and smart enough um, to look at it, it, thinks it's all hogwash. Everybody else is either brainwashed or not very smart. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, but it kind of comes down to that right now. You're either brainwashed or yeah. kind of dumb. You know, I mean, I don't, that's kind of where it lands. But we are in a situation where tyranny is, is really, uh, it's getting worse daily you know the fda is claimed that they passed the you know approved the the pfizer vaccine well they approved a pfizer vaccine but not the ones yeah. that they're giving people yeah. and you know i just did a report on that uh, an, an article and you know different lawyers and doctors looked that over and they they're playing games with the american people and this well, could, is this could 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 any of the fda Show me what's in the vaccine. The, well, they, they can't approved. do that. They, they can't. Can? Well, they can probably. They can do that. I they want, won't I want do to, that. I want to see or they're not doing that. I want to see what's in it. I want to know from some authoritative source and see until the FDA gave it some sort of approval. Uh, how much of I don't know. Uh, is it still an extension of their emergency approval? Uh, maybe so. But they still have an obligation to tell us what's in it. But they didn't approve. They didn't officially approve that vaccine. They approved another one, this BioNTech vaccine that yeah. hasn't even been put out there yet. And that's the one they approved. They did a bait and switch, but that they're still mandating. The mandates is for this other one that's under the emergency youth authorization. Right. It's BS. And my point is, you say anybody with authority, you know, in an authoritative position, I'm to the point where they have lost so much credibility that they have. I've never trusted. I will forever FDA. will not trust these institutions, and so uh, we need to I have mean, a consensus of of doctors that you can trust that has a has a track record. You know, lawyers and doctors and and people who have a track record of integrity, and it's not them. Yeah, and what. And when I said authoritative source, I meant a mainstream one so that we can still at least sure. look. No, I know. And see what they what they say is in the vaccine. Yeah, I knew what you meant by that. I just what was 
but, but yeah, I don't trust the FDA. I'd even testified before the FDA back in Baltimore, back about 15, 20 years ago, about the dangers of the mood altering drugs that they give children yes. so that they'll stay in their seat at school. And the Zoloft and the Prozac and, and all of those actually create uh, does create more problems in, in depression mm -hmm. and suicide than they've ever solved. And, and that's even been proved uh, 60 Minutes did a study on those drugs, and it proved that, uh, that their placebo was just as effective as th their uh, pills. Oh. And, and, and uh, same with a lot of these others that we take. And, and the flu vaccine, uh, they even tell you every year, um, it doesn't work very good, but you're still better off taking it. And, and so this farce with this uh, supposed vaccine, which uh, Dr. Uh, Tenpenny says it's not a vaccine at all. It is an injection, but it is not so a gene vaccine. altering. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more, more than just gene altering. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the uh, we've, it's been established now that in Israel, the majority of the people who are in critical condition or serious condition are those who are vaccinated. Yeah. And in England, based on their own reports, 6.6 .6 times the deaths of the vaccinated who made, you know, in the hospital than the people who are unvaccinated. I mean, these numbers are coming out there. The reason those numbers are coming out is because they were ahead of us yeah. in getting vaccinated. And so now that we know, why are they still mandating it? And so this is the definition of why. I think it's beyond tyranny. I think this oh. is the definition of planned yeah. pol policy of genocide. It's, and yeah. we have an obligation to not follow a policy <laughs> of genocide. So because we're in that situation, the sheriffs are somebody that can make a difference. Well, but how many have the courage to step up and say, I will not... I will not enforce your policy of genocide. Yeah, that yeah, and I'm not even going to require that they call it a no, genocide. I, I just want I just want them to do it. Well, but but your your comparison to genocide is absolutely accurate. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's human testing which the genocide started with, mm -hmm. and, and it's it's using humans as guinea pigs because. And I will quote Dr. Uh, Fauci. A year ago, before well, it was actually over a year ago. It was about 14, 15 months ago. At the beginning of this uh, hysteria, uh, a reporter asked him at a press conference, and this was where Trump was was still president, of course. And he, the reporter asked, uh, "How long would it take to get a vaccine to realistically combat this virus?" And Fauci said two to 10 years. If it's going to properly yep. be tested, it has to be two to 10 years. Well, we haven't even been in this so-called pandemic for two years yet. So obviously he either lied or they're going about this wrong and they're using us as the guinea pig. Absolutely. So one or the other, he doesn't come out looking very good because uh, he's against his own science. And and I believe he, he just called it he told the truth he did tell the truth it takes two to ten years and and so we're we should be looking at uh the proper testing of that would be right around the middle of that so four five six years so we're way away from that so why do we keep falling in line with this and you brought up the sheriffs the point is that the sheriffs can stop all of this and and this is the key here when we're talking about uh, restricting and constraining individual rights, civil rights, human rights, all in the name of getting vaccinated for your neighbors that you get this uh, injection because it's going to protect you and your neighbors and that we have to do that and that we're forced to do that uh, in any manner or coerced in any manner is something that should concern Every citizen, whether you like the vaccine or not, or whether you approve of the vaccine or not, even after you've done some personal research on it, 
And anybody who does the research will come up with the same conclusion that this is a wash at best, that we really don't know what it is. Well, it's more um, dangerous for yeah. definitely for the younger ones than the actual disease that was out there. Well, and that's totally, so obvious. Totally. So, so we're in so this. Can the yes. sheriff, does the sheriff has a, re a responsibility to make sure that his people are protected in any way from coercion and force to take this vaccine? And obviously, and how how do they do that? Because the majority of the sheriffs don't seem like they're up to the task. No, they're not. They're not. And that's what I've actually dedicated my life to doing. I will tell you, there is a, a state that has sheriffs that are really mobilizing, really moving, really getting trained and really supporting uh, the holy cause of liberty. And that is Texas. Texas sheriffs are on fire with this. Excellent. Uh, I'm, I, I'm doing, I've done all sorts of training this year in Texas. I mean, at least five different training sessions this year alone to over 75 sheriffs in Texas. That number will double or triple within the next six weeks. This is why you need the funding. I've got Texas lined up and sheriffs are asking for this. Sheriffs Great. want our training. And, and so you, you have to ask, why are sheriffs in some parts of the country very uh, enthusiastic about finding out the truth about our constitution, about the proper role of government, and what the role of the sheriff is in protecting his citizens from all enemies, both foreign and domestic? And where is it that there's ever been training? I want to ask sheriffs. Two questions. One, who's responsible in America? Who is responsible for protecting liberty and defending citizens against tyranny? Who? Name me the people in our government, locally, federally, state, I don't care. Tell me the people in government, go ahead, list the positions who are responsible for pre protecting liberty and defending us against tyranny. Next question. Did you take an oath of office? when you, Before you could take your job, did you take an oath of office? And if you did, what did you swear to do? Being that you took that oath, that's obvious. Everybody's gonna say, yes, I took the oath. Show me one police academy or one agency or one bureaucracy anywhere in America that trains sheriffs and peace officers in the significance of that oath and how we should keep it. Show me that training. That's exactly right. And you know what? You're gonna get maybe one or two sheriffs that say, I train my own in this. Or yes, now the last year we have been receiving the CSPOA Sheriff Mac training, the constitution for law enforcement officers. We've had that training and we're expanding it. And as a matter of fact, several sheriffs will tell you, yes, we've had Sheriff Max training and we want more. And that's exactly what's happening in that's Texas. That's excellent. How about some of these other states? What ones are kind of on the edge, kind of close to the tipping point that we can nudge them along and say, come on, guys, you, this, is a, <laughs> this is so important. Glad you asked that. Iowa, Iowa has a group of people there that are really pushing the sheriffs to get our training and uh, they're doing very well there. And I've met several sheriffs there recently. We've done uh, two trainings there to about 30 sheriffs uh, and uh, public officials. There was other public officials who came to it as well. And we invite that, we want that. Mayors, city councils, uh, police departments, chiefs of police. We had chiefs of police attend Excellent. our training there. Uh, and, and so, yes, uh, we're thrilled with that. And they're still pushing this and we're coming back. And Sheriff uh, Chad Leonard in Dallas County in Iowa is going to promote and sponsor this training. And so that's why I'm telling you, I'm so busy. And yes, we are trying to clone me. That's great. That is good. In all honesty, we're looking for other sh uh, former sheriffs who were pretty staunch, good constitutional sheriffs who are now retired. And we want to get them trained 
to do what I do. That's excellent because you need a whole network of you out there doing this. That's what we're trying to do. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the Arizona election audit because my understanding, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a farce. My understanding is the sheriff in Maricopa County is compromised. A liar. He's a liar. <laughs> sheriff but very, out, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's a, a paid political hack for the Democrats and the socialists that are trying this propaganda scheme and brainwashing that this uh, audit and recount uh, has uh, not been professionally done and that it's not uh, accurate and cannot be trusted. So they're already, even before the results, out, they're already getting their talking points and their brainwashing ready because I believe they know that they've been had. And so they've got to come out and do something to prove uh, or to CYA, we call that CYA, cover your rear, CYA. And that's what they're trying to do. And, uh, and it's, it's, so we got the, the sheriff, the law enforcement of that area. He's helping is them. Is dirty, 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 yep. who is supporting the criminal activities. Yep. And now they're going to do a massive propaganda campaign to brainwash the people that it, what that nothing's here to look at. But he right. had the keys, right? Didn't he have the code yeah. or did he lie that he had the codes? Well, I, I think he had to uh, back the county board of supervisors. He had to back them up in their lie and he was willing to okay. do that. He either, he either had them and lied or he's now said, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they gave them to me. Uh, and I have them, but I can't divulge them because I, I can't remember what excuse he said. Uh, because he hasn't been ordered to or or the investigation is still going on, which there's no investigation. He's making stuff but up. But you would, you would think that Sheriff Penzone, being the head law enforcement officer of Maricopa County, would want to investigate the allegations that this election was fraud. Wouldn't the Democrats and uh, both on the city council of Phoenix and of Maricopa County, wouldn't the Democrats there want to prove to the Republicans that this was all a farce and that the election was completely legitimate? Exactly. Wouldn't you want to shove it in the face of Trump one more time and say, look, we told you this was clear. You obviously were lying. You obviously were making false accusations. You and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell are a bunch of kooks. We've now proven it to the world. You're a bunch of kooks. And that's going to help them in their election like tremendously. Why aren't they doing that? That's exactly why right. If they, they, if they just why? did that, they would win elections. For I mean, people oh. would line up because they're oh. showing integrity. Totally. So they've actually, the Democrats have actually sued to stop this audit and yeah, recount. Multiple times. Now, the Karen Fan, from what I understand, and other, she's the head of the Senate, and other members are dirty. There's some good ones, but there's other ones that are dirty. If they all united and weren't dirty, it this would work, right? If the yeah, Republicans weren't corrupt in and of themselves, then this wouldn't, we wouldn't be having so many issues here. Because yeah. they are the majority. Yeah, and, and not only that, but they've now disobeyed at least two subpoenas and maybe three, which is against the law. Uh, these were lawful uh, legislative subpoenas to Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, county commissioners, and they disobeyed them. And then it went to a vote uh, to the Senate to uh, find them in contempt uh, uh, and, and actually charge them criminally. And it looked like it was uh, going to go through because Republicans had the majority here. And then one, uh, another of many here in Arizona, Rhino, voted with the Democrats and said that we really don't want to go here with this uh, because uh, it would really be a, a bad mark on our state uh, to have the legislature, the, the, the Maricopa County Legislature, uh, Board of Commission, uh, Board of Supervisors. Uh, be charged with a crime, and we really don't want to do that. Oh, Jesus! And uh, didn't say there wasn't a crime. We just don't want him charged with a crime. And so he voted with the Democrats, and and so it, it just 
it just goes on and on and on. And the whole thing boils down to one thing I've said on your show before. What this election proved and what this pandemic, supposed pandemic and all this hysteria behind this pandemic that that you have a 99% survival rate. Everybody in the world has a 99% survival rate, including me. <laughs> and because I had it really bad in December. Uh, and th this is all there. What all of this points to the response to the coronavirus, the response to the election of 2020, last November. All of this points to one thing. Oh, well, well uh, uh, there's lots of other sure. stuff that points to this, uh, especially like $30 trillion in debt. And now they want to make that 35 trillion and next year they'll make it 40 trillion and the next year it'll be 60 trillion and all of this corruption this all of this points to the utter and complete devastating corruption that we have in this country to the tyranny that rules our government and to the socialist communist takeover of america this is all happening according to the plan and if we are going to stop this and change this and get our freedoms back and our constitution back, get our constitutional republic restored to America, if we are going to do that, it must happen now and it must happen county by county with sheriffs leading the way with a conglomeration and cooperation with their citizens, we the people, with our stalwart constitutional sheriffs standing for liberty and restoring liberty where don't don't even think of washington dc concentrate on your county and you take back america one county at a time and this method would be a method that could be done without violence because i'm concerned that's, without that's this we're talking yes. violence we are there is no way, if you don't get local people doing this and local officials, especially your boots on the ground, top executive law enforcement officer in your county, the chief law enforcement officer in your county, if you don't get the sheriffs on board with this and the people standing with him or her, this will not remain peaceful. And I am not advocating violence, nor have I ever, but I am predicting just as you have done. We agree on that totally. I don't believe there's any way that this holy cause of liberty will remain peaceful if we don't get local authorities to erect the barriers against the tyranny that is destroying America. And this is what you're advocating. This is what you're working so hard to do is to do yeah. that effort where we can turn this around without violence. If we don't yeah. do this, then that's what we're looking at. And I, I mean, I, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I wanted to ask you one more thing before, you know, we end this, I want to talk about the child protective um, services, CPS. You actually had a personal experience with that from what I understand. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that whole system that while there are some good people in the system who are trying, it's very, very corrupt. And there are a lot, a lot of children and families that have been damaged forever because of that yeah. corruption. What was your experience? Well, it, it, it's been professional and it's been personal. And uh, I will say uh, that I had to interfere with uh, the CPS when I was sheriff. Uh, I worked with CPS closely when I was a detective in Utah. Uh, quite frankly, I was the uh, leading uh, child abuse detective uh, because I was the school resource officer and I handled all complaints from for 12 schools. I handled all complaints of child abuse that were brought to the attention of teachers. I handled every one of those cases. Oh, geez. Okay. And, and yes. And, and so I actually helped train teachers uh, what to look for in children who were being abused at home. Uh, it's, a, it's a heinous crime. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I have had too many experiences with uh, child protection services, and they call them a different name in some states, but it's uh, child family, ch uh, 
child protection services or uh, children and family services or whatever it is, but it, it's all boils down to usually it's CPS, child protection mm -hmm. services. And these agencies uh, whimsically without uh, evidence uh, and sometimes just because you disagree with them, uh, if you just disagree with their assessment of what's going on in your home, they will take your children. And I'm not kidding. A tyrant's behavior. Not, not if there's an admission of guilt, not if there's scientific or forensic evidence that proves that this child has been hurt uh, or, or abused uh, in any way, either physically or sexually or both. Without any evidence of that and their complete conjecture that this child needs to be taken out of the home, which is extremely oh, traumatic yeah. for these children uh, and, and and traumatic for the other children that stay yeah. in the home. Yeah, when this happened to us in December, my granddaughter McKenna was holding uh, our two-year-old grandson, her little brother, and the two CPS workers go up and grab him out of her arms and haul him out of the house. Why, why did they say? Uh, because now get this, the uh, alleged abuse was not even aimed at him. My daughter who reported the abuse had her children removed from her because they said she could not guarantee their safety. Oh my gosh. And so the child, the children that this didn't happen to at all, where there was no safety issue at all, were removed from the home. Now, three of them went to their biological father. So, but the other one was taken to a foster home and we had no idea when we were ever oh. gonna get him back. Luckily, I guess, because of what we were uh, threatening to do in uh, retaliation, uh, four and a half days later, we got Mac back. Oh, that's great. And he is, he is named after me. Uh, his first name's Mac. And uh, the people that had him seemed to be very good people, very honorable. Um, yes, they, they, they said they would love to adopt, adopt him, but they also said that he bawled and screamed the entire night. I'm sure. The first I'm night. I'm sure. And, and who, who, who so would, the biological you know, father, was he cooperative in all this too? Was like, what the heck is going on? Yes, but there was, there was never, this was such a mild uh, abusive situation that uh, CPS didn't need to be involved in it at all. Um, uh, one of the stepdaughters, my granddaughter, uh, was uh, having a hard day and she was late for school. She wouldn't get in the van and he grabbed her by the coat and put her in the van. And that caused a little red mark of irritation on her back. They say, we don't know how that red mark got there. They just said, well, if dad pulled her by the coat, then that's where that red mark came from. And I told him, I said, what about the possibility that she does gymnastics always at home, always at gymnastics, and she's always tumbling and turning. I said, do you know that that red mark wasn't caused by her gymnastics? Do you know for sure it was caused by the father, the stepfather? And, and because I asked that question, my wife and I were not allowed oh, yeah. to take our grandson into our home. Yeah. That disqualified me because I questioned anything that they did. Yeah. So we have a serious, now can sheriffs do anything about this oh, tyrannical, yes, what can sheriffs oh, do oh, about the CPS system? Well, first of all, they always call somebody in law enforcement when they're taking a child, they always call somebody in law enforcement to keep the peace. What law enforcement usually is doing there is that they're guaranteeing that CPS can do whatever they want. Mm. And in our case, the two peace officers, I told them, I said, you have been following this the whole night here. You've talked to CPS. You have heard them say that there is no legitimate reason to take the child out of the home except that my daughter can't guarantee their safety. Now you've heard them say that my wife and I can't take him when you know darn well that we are honorable people. We've never been arrested for anything. I'm a former detective that handles these cases 
and that trains even trained CPS people how how to do their jobs and uh, in the past and that now I can't my wife and I can't take our own grandson why and I said you know this is a farce and you know that they are take they are literally kidnapping our grandson absolutely because there is no legitimate reason saying that she can't prove to keep it safe I as I said CPS I told the official can you ask this officer right now if he can guarantee to you the safety of his children in his home? And I said, why, why would that apply any differently than that to my daughter? Because no one has been abused. Absolutely. And, how and, can you, how can you no claim that that home's going to be, can guarantee it as well? Anybody. That's home. where the BS comes in. And the chances of their own, their own mother and their own grandparents making sure the child is safe is a lot higher than and, a rando. And and you know that their own rules on their website and some federal laws say that the child must first be tried to yeah. be put in a parent, grandparent or relative home. So now, now think about this. You, who is an expert at the constitution, you train sheriffs on how to uphold the law, you were involved for 12 years or for, I don't know how many years at 12 schools, you train CFPS people how to do their job and it still happened to you. Now think of the people and all those poor families who, who don't even have a chance. Don't have it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you between the time my grandson was taken and the time that he brought him back, not one thing changed, not one thing changed in his situation. What they did require is that somebody else, a non-involved party, so my daughter picked her cousin, uh, my niece, uh, to come and live in their home. Uh, and and that, was, that was the only change. That was it. She's supposed to guarantee because she lives <laughs> there now that the, the children won't be yeah, abused. Like some, she magically has this power, but now your daughter right. probably right. you're I can't even yeah, imagine and, a child, and, my own child being and they wouldn't let me live there and they wouldn't let my wife live there, but they let the cousin because she doesn't know what's going on. And the most important thing, she never questioned CPS uh involvement or their analysis of that's the situation. That's a true tyrant. That was why that's she a, got it. That's a mental defectiveness that's been inbred into that system. It's really incredible. Yeah. And that's the epitome of the corruption. Yeah. And, and the, well, it's not the, it's not the highest. The worst one is that people who are in the same type of situation lose their children and then CPS has them put out to be adopted and they do. And the, there's some families who never see them, their children. Or their again, traffic. Ever. Yes. That's where it's really bad. And, and, and they're supposed to guarantee visits with the family, with the foster family. That was never allowed to us uh, in the four and a half days. So my daughter and none of us ever got to see Mac at all. So we had no idea what these evil people were doing with our grandson. And if indeed they were, he was going to be another victim of their adoption schemes. Yeah, oh gosh. So your daughter probably learned a lot of lessons in that point. Cause I, one is never call CPS. Well, and the trauma of having now this, the kid, this, your grandson is of course they're traumatized being pulled out of your, you know, parents yeah. arms and into some stranger's house, but your daughter's experience of having your child ripped from your arms and you can't you you're helpless it's the helplessness because the police don't help the innocent people they just are making sure and see what i would like to do is sue the officers and and say what was your role there now to keep the peace so what hand and i could get these officers to to admit that there did not appear to them to be any threat to that child that was taken so and then so you admit when i told you that you were allowing this kidnapping to occur, that a child was taken from my daughter's home without any just cause or without our permission. If you take a child from parents without their permission or without any just cause, what's the name of that crime, officer? Kidnapping. 
And, and so that you see, we've got, we've got so many different uh, tentacles to this uh, yes. uh, corruption and, and it just doesn't stop. And we have got to, the sheriffs of this country have got to police this uh, bureaucracy much better. I will tell you, I've talked to some of my friends in law enforcement and some other sheriffs, and they say they simply, they, in fact, some of them even warn people, uh, call the police on these situations. We'll come and take care of it, <laughs> but do not call CPS. Oh, interesting. We, in fact, this agency, this particular agency uh, in Arizona, this sheriff's office said that they don't ever call them again. They don't, they don't even use them anymore. Good for them CPS. though. Good for them. Yes. You show that yes. you are not there to protect the children and you don't have right. that integrity, then you don't, then we are not going to support your organization, period. Correct. Correct. So you can tell we've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and um, I'm just spread so thin. And I'm telling you, it, the, the fundraising is vital in all of this. Uh, I've dedicated my life to this. And I really humbly plead for people to back us and support us and become a member of our posse at CSPOA.org, CSPOA.org, and, and become a part of this holy cause of liberty. Join us in this march uh, to take back our Constitution. Thank you so much, Sheriff Mack. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And I'm so glad that you have incorporated this child protective services because I've talked to a lot of parents and there's yeah. one in particular and had six kids taken. He was an air force veteran and uh, there's no proof of, of anything. And that story just breaks my heart. And there's stories like that oh, all over the place. So I just, thank you so much for doing this. And it's so, like you said, if we don't get this under control, we're looking, we're staring down a civil war of violence. Yeah. And if there's anything that should unite us as a country and as law enforcement agencies throughout this country and throughout the world, it would be to stop the abuse of children, human trafficking and sexual exploitation of children. And yes, we, we've got to clean this up locally and then spread from there. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day because you deserve it. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. You too.